Welcome to Probably Science. Uh, we're back for another week of, of science news. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, uh, Jesse Case. Hey, uh, Jesse. I'm joined, whoop, mm, joined by uh, Matt Kirshen. Hello. Hey, buddy. And who's this over here? Oh, me? Yeah, yeah. This who is Andy you? Wood. Hey, Andy. Thanks. I like this new Jaunty intro. I like the way we're just pretending we just met. In a... We sort of did it that way last week by accident. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like, oh, who's this coming out? Oh, I didn't expect this to be my next door neighbor in this sitcom who was cast. <laughs> yeah, it's a very, it's a very uh, Mr. Rogers sort of situation. You oh, know? I didn't notice that camera in my, in my house kind yeah. of thing, like looking up as you're putting on Who's this huge sweater? studio audience in my living room? Yeah. Hey there. <laughs> um, I mean, is, it, is the play Our Town, is that where the, uh, oh, hello, I didn't see you there thing, like that trope of plays... Is that what it's from? Oh, the starting. Like, oh, oh, hey, hey. Yeah. like you, a whole audience silently snuck up on a man, right, yeah. uh, dusting there his must mantle. Be some actual Whoa! play that has that. Yeah. <laughs> no one, no one just, just starts fully shocked. Yeah, like horrified. Yeah, no one immediately just. <laughs> no one immediately shoots the cameraman. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Get out of my house, you monster! <laughs> just... That's the end of the play. <laughs> That's a good one act play. Yeah. One of these days, we're gonna just like he'll remember. We try Try to tell him every time that there's going to be an audience. <laughs> he keeps just well, murdering them. And people like that are really annoying. People that you just meet and then they have a story. They have a, oh, it's good to meet you. Let me tell you a yarn. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, stop. Start you slow. A story at the ready like that. Yeah. Start just, slow. Should be some preamble. Just half an hour of watching them just do the crossword in the corner occasionally just going, the weather. <laughs> Right, right. Speaking of preamble, let's get more of it before we bring... No, how about we don't? How about we go straight into <laughs> it? Like, uh, but then again, no. Oh. <laughs> Wait, what is that? Uh, Elton, Elton John? John? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just a space filler. It's the um, worst lyric. <laughs> uh, it's the worst. For Elton not to blame. He oh, has it's no response. It's all Bernie. No, it's, it's all Bernie. Bernie. Yeah. Bad Bernie. Hey, we got a guest, right? We mm-hmm. do have a guest. It's another in our series of very funny people from the UK who are over here for a bit, so I'm stealing them for the show. It's the comedian, writer, all-around funny person, Holly Walsh. Hello. Hello. Or what ho, as we say over on our <laughs> that island. Is, well, I haven't been doing this in America, so I don't shock them. Yeah, we always start podcasts, what ho. That's how, <laughs> is that the that's official how it British rolls. podcast? Yeah, wow. that's, that's the correct way of starting podcasts. But is there is there a governing body of podcasts in the UK? It's a very incredible. It's about it's a four hundred year old um, okay. union. <laughs> they were preparing themselves <laughs> for the guild. It's a guild. Yeah, it's been. It's from the city of London. It's been going since uh, seventeen thirty two, and it's very rigorous. Well, you women, podcast- women are not allowed on them. I so remember. That's why they, I, have to I remember those Magna Carta changes. When yeah, they, when they started the podcast guild. Yeah, and everyone has to wear a powdered wig when they podcast. Over not there, powdered. Right? It's not powdered. No, that's what you wig. do in the um, apps guild. But oh, okay, in the okay. App Podcast developers. Guild, it's just a wig. Just a wig. But I can see how you would have made that mistake, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I always Fair forget enough. the wig Fair rules. It's, mm. Yeah, I guess the powder would get and mess up the equipment. That's got to be what it is. It's yeah. got to be what it is. Yeah. It might also be that the... Because it's an audio medium, they might, they might have thought back in the day, well, there's no need... For the wigs to be powdered, mm. but I always we think should you can, still wear the wigs. I always think you can tell from someone's voice whether or not they're wearing the wig. You know what yeah. I mean? I think it's important to wear the wig because it does. I do think it affects how you speak. It's um. So that's an interesting question because obviously, like a lot of people would think that you could definitely tell if someone's bewigged mm. from their voice, but I don't know if that's ever been tested in any kind of blind. Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like we are a it, science podcast. 
it, first if, and foremost. if it stands up to that kind of rigor, then then I'm all for it. But it might just be one of those things. It put, if it puts you in a better mood, I mean, the placebo effect of wigs is still in effect. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're all wearing. Them, See, I'm here saying. is my the, the the wigs. It brings in my theory that I've always had. Mm-hmm. Holly, I want to get your take on this. That the perfect lifespan is 45 years old. Now I know we have people older than 45. Mm-hmm. We're all going to be older than 45. Blink of an eye. What we hope. And it's going to, you know, and I get it. I understand. But I still think 45 perfect lifespan because if you're, if you're older than 45, all the products are to look younger. Mm-hmm. It's just for men. Hair dye. You know, get anti-wrinkle cream. Things like that. But then you look back when the lifespan was significantly shorter than 45. You, everyone, well, white wigs. Everyone wants to look older. Little kids with canes. You know what I mean? Oh. Everyone wants to be on the other end of 45. It's a grass is always greener situation. And once you're there. And I think probably around... 1880, when 45 was what was going on, just people stopped for a second. People were cool with it. When you hit the age 45, you're saying you were at, that was well, the only the time when you actually. Oh, okay, okay. You know? The other thing is, if you think about portraiture, you you wouldn't get like your paintings done every, you know, two or three days. Like you would take a photo of yourself. Mm-hmm. You would mm-hmm. do it once when you were about 12, and then once when you maybe got married, and then what? someone might paint one after you've died. That's also something that I, I, I agree with you. So you're, saying, you're sort of saying it's in your interest to get your... Like the way, you, like you, the way your mum would buy, like make you buy a coat that you're going to grow into. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Get your portrait done, but making you look in your sort of mid-40s. Yeah, so you always look better than your portrait. <laughs> and then I, when you look worse than your portrait, then you die. That's what I'm saying. I agree. I think that's a brilliant point. I think that's also why we assume everyone in history was so fucking miserable. It's because no one's going to smile for a painting. Yeah. You're you, not going to hold a smile for too long. You're not going to hold a smile for a month while that's Raphael paints you. This is just brings to mind a great, like, if YouTube had been around there, like, this man had a professionally painted portrait done of him every 20 years for his whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You see three pictures. Three yeah. pictures. Like the before and after. Right. Yeah. right. Like 20 years later. Set to some really song. I've always wanted yeah, to be yeah. in... Set to like half a bar of an arcade fire right, song. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in England, do you guys also have courtroom artists? Yeah. Yep. Don't don't look at me like an idiot for not knowing. I didn't. That. I, if anything, I looked to you like now we're getting into a subject that I can talk about. Okay. <laughs> is that how our court system got the weird thing about having to do that instead of taking? No, well, it's you can because still, there's still because legally you're not allowed to take photographs or film, which I used think, to be the rule here too. Yeah, but nowadays that's like you have whole channels devoted to right, that, right? right? Yeah, but in my lifetime, that so you happens. have to like freeze the TV and then trace yeah. it. Yeah, if you really want to, yeah, you could do that here. But I also, I'm, I'm pretty. I I think. This could be bullshit. I could be about to uh, just put nonsense out into the world. But um, I think in the UK, at least, the courtroom artists aren't allowed to draw in court. So they have to Is just sit, they have to sit <laughs> in the gallery. I'm not even kidding. I, like, I believe, and I'm going to have to look this up, or someone, as always, questions, comments, clarifications, mm-hmm. probablyscience at gmail.com, tweet us at probablyscience. This could be bullshit. But I think they have to just stare intently at the defendant and memorize what they look like, and then they go out into the corridor and draw quickly. <laughs> wow. If that's true, that's awesome. That I'm really looking it true? up right now. I'm not sure. You should be allowed to sit in the, in the public gallery and draw. Yeah. My uncle Rudy actually got fired because he was in an abstract courtroom of this. <laughs> um, so he would, you know, always throwing paints at a canvas and stuff and sort of running from across the room into it. And, yeah, uh, that, that, that one conceptual piece where it was just like a... 
a human turd in a box. Yeah, yeah. That he just presented. Yeah, but I mean, that's he's an artist, man. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't. You but know, there was, I, that I, was sort of seemed to be a like unfair comment on the guilt or innocence. Mm-hmm. I didn't ever understand why they don't go to. I guess that's the equivalent here. Like in in London, there's this place Leicester Square, and that's where all the tourists go and get their drawings done. That's by, the Leicester, how it's spelled. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And they go and get their their drawings done by sort of um, the caricaturists. Yeah, and those people they do a really good job at genuinely drawing people's faces but you know albeit picking on every single insecurity they've ever had about their face and magnifying it sure, for yeah. comedy effect but those people there if i was in the in the business of scouting for courtroom artists Just i would get those guys i'd say tone down the chins and noses <laughs> and go wild yeah <laughs> go wild by not maybe don't wild. put the ghetto blaster yeah. on the shoulder so that's the like <laughs> make the bodies as big as the heads yeah. and you've got a job yeah the the guy in the witness stand actually wasn't shooting basketball while he was talking, but aside from that, he was wearing a, a nice and, suit. And but um, in- Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie in a picture of Christian Slater from like 1988 <laughs> weren't also in the background, but that was a good try and well it done. That was a good try, yeah. The, their references are always quite old as well, aren't they? Well, like, like if the you tell- best thing they've done. <laughs> if you yeah. tell- they haven't. <laughs> yeah. But not just the celebrities, if you tell them... Like, if you tell them you like music, it'll be like a 19 mid-80s ghetto blaster that yeah. it, you're right. holding in the... It would be, be really if- good to go really obscure with it and be like, what do you like? And you'd be like, history? And then they'd be like, <laughs> we're putting you in a Nazi salute. <laughs> yeah. I've always thought it'd be great to like do all those things, pretend that you're an actual artist, you're asking them the questions, they're telling all these things that they like, then at the end it's just a stick figure with a, a talking bubble that says, <laughs> I like basketball. <laughs> I like just saying all the things. I always think just get a photocopier. Yeah. Or that. Just this put someone's face just in put it put their face yeah. in it and put- but that's now- that's gonna you know when 3D printers get really cheap that's gonna piss all over those guys someone's <laughs> just gonna at the end like well, are you a bust like of yourself on face, well yeah. there already is um, sure a thing and I know there's like a stall that does it on City Walk Universal City Walk up near here where it takes a picture of you from three sides like a sort oh, of oh yeah a basically a very basic 3D-ish rendering it like puts you in the crystal that's exactly it it, like, it lays a it laser etches your face or you and yeah your dad into a paperweight that one that's <laughs> yeah, amazing exactly. do you know do you want to hear something pretty freaky uh pretty freaky about uh, about the case man involves uh, vienna austria are you mm-hmm. the case man that's my last name's case yeah okay. I, but i know it's a joke He's that i would never refer called to myself on this <laughs> right yeah, it's a joke that i would refer to myself as do you want to be in top gun uh, no no um <laughs> uh uh ludwig von beethoven um had a cast made of his face Mm-hmm. And they have at the at the like a death mask or one where he was still alive, still alive. Okay. It was made twenty years before, so he could grow into it. <laughs> yeah, so he grow into it. And at the uh, the Beethoven Museum, they have like plastic. They've made copies of the cast, right? Uh-huh. And it's like a fun little thing. Literally, almost got stuck on me. That's how much I have a Beethoven <laughs> face. <laughs> Like it was like I, I almost like unlocked a it's portal. Like, it's like the sword oh and the stones. So yeah, like we found we found we the found, one true. Yeah, it just this the music that dun 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 like it starts when I put it on. That's the for some reason you're wearing like you're wearing like a yellow suit and a fedora. Yeah, right. and Cameron Diaz is somewhere yeah. nearby. But like that's or a drawing of her from 1988. <laughs> no, like apparently because you know there was no photography, but apparently I look freakishly like Beethoven. <gasps> that's so weird. Like it's really He's weird. Got portraits done, right? He's got portraits done, but yeah. I mean I can see it. I have the caveman brow. I thought he had a really pointy nose. Or am I thinking of Newton? 
Newman had a very pointy we've nose. Got a, we've got a mutual friend called Marek who, you know Marek. Yes, for real. He is uncannily similar to Catherine of Aragon, <laughs> okay. who was one yeah, of yeah, yeah. Henry VIII's wives. Sure. And have you seen the picture that, of it? No, I haven't. Or maybe it's not Catherine of Aragon. It's definitely one of them. I'll Google it. It's so funny. This, everyone gets mad at me for saying this, um, and it sounds horrible, but um, my friend Brett, who, uh, and you know him, Brett, Brett Hamill out of Seattle, yes, but yeah, funny, comic. funny comic. Uh, he has a dog named Wheezy. That looks exactly like Frederick Douglass. <laughs> um, no, again, that sounds terrible. Frederick Douglass, of course, very famous uh, abolitionist. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was like one famous painting of Frederick Douglass. Yeah, the one everyone knows. The yeah. one everyone knows when you think of Frederick Douglass. And it looks exactly like Wheezy. It's the weirdest. <laughs> his dog looks like Frederick Douglass. I mean, they have those blogs, cats that look like Hitler and right, things like right, that. Right. And it's like his dog looks like Frederick Douglass. I don't see the problem. People get real weird when I bring it up. It does seem uh, on its uh, on first blush to be a bit racist somehow, but it's, it's not. Yeah, the dog it's, looks, like it just looks like Frederick Douglass. It looks like it's Frederick, not yeah. weird. I'll, I'll, but you know they'll have some hoity-toity dinner party, and I'm talking about how much their dog looks like Frederick Douglass, <laughs> and then I, they ask me not to come back. <laughs> it well, might be how. Fred- who is Frederick Douglass? He was a famous, very famous abolitionist here in the states during slavery. So try- he was a uh, maybe so the like reason why people look uncomfortable like- is because they're still pro-slavery at the dinner parties you mm-hmm. go to, and they're like, "Can mm-hmm. we not?" Yeah. Not bring up the SD word. I got yeah. to select different parties to go to then. Yeah. Are you guys able people. to get online right now? No, I'm not. The internet's down. Uh, our house is the worst. The right. internet's down? Uh, yeah. I'm going to go reset it. I'm gonna, that means I'm going to have to go sneak into Stu's room, Mission Impossible <laughs> style, and not wake the sleeping giant. Uh, can you guys hold on the fort while I do that? Yeah. I'll be right back. We can absolutely hold down the fort. And in the meantime, we should probably ask, uh, our, should guest. ask our guest. Uh, this is a question we normally ask before we get into stories. And uh, we just ask, I guess, what, if any, is your background in science? And My background has- in science is I have a GCSE. You guys familiar with this? Well, y- you know. I have GCSEs. GCSEs. What's the equivalent in... It's, it's the exams you take when you're 16. So I don't know if they necessarily is... A, it's, it'd be uh, the equivalent... Like the ACT or something. It'd be the equivalent know. of whatever, like, your sort of grade 11 passing grade yeah, is. Yeah, what do you... Do you not have exams then? We have final exams. Wait, how old are you when you do that? 18. I dropped out of high school. Right. I have no... I very... So you had left. no exams till the age of 18? No, you have exams, but they're not... You don't really have to pass them to pass. Well, American... American high school is more of a continuous grading process, I think. I believe yes. I'm writing that. So, that like, throughout yes. the year, you get... Your, you get... Like, like TripAdvisor. Yeah. Like that. Mm-hmm. It's like TripAdvisor... And your average score has to be over a certain number of stars to get people to, to stay with to you. get people to stay with you and to get slash funding. go into the next year. Right. Well, so the whole thing. I mean, the the whole point of all of our tests were for funding. Okay. To prove to prove that the staff was doing well and get more money and things like that. Right. So, but you get held back a year, right? If you fail, like you can fail each grade. You can fail a grade, but that's based on that's not really based on exams as much as all of your cumulative grades. Right. From a certain class and i only know this really from the simpsons and other sitcoms and you eventually don't get held back a year you would just get held back a class which has certainly happened to me like if you fail let's say it's your second year of high school everything's great you pass everything perfect a's but you fail algebra three or something well you have to retake algebra three the following year you're still a third year of your high school you know it's all about the amount of credits you have accumulated by the end it's a dumb system um, but you have your GSE, GSE, GCSE, GCSEs. GCSEs. So we had GCSEs in chemistry, biology, physics, right? Does that sound right? Yes, sounds right. 
You probably did ten other ones. No, I did... Uh, no, still chemistry, biology, and physics, with, and then maths with the... Oh, no, wasn't it combined science? Well, you could do it one of two ways to GCSEs. You could either do, like, a combined maths, physics, chemist... Uh, sorry, chemistry, physics, biology, and then you get two GCSEs out of it. Or you can do the three individually. No, I did the two... I did the combined one. So I got two A's. Okay, good. So you're talking to a 16-year-old who could handle science. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. But after that, I have not done anything scientific in the slightest. But do you have a favorite, perhaps a favorite course, favorite science course? Biology. Biology? Yeah. So what What do you like about it? What The sexy stuff. Really? Yeah. <coughs> I don't Reproduction, think... as they say in the biz. Whoa. Uh, you're talking coitus. You're talking about... I'm talking beast with two backs here? You're talking about engaging I'm talking in about Congress? I'm talking about engaging in Congress okay. and everything that goes around with that. And Whoa. also in all animals. I have a very. Um, I no, it doesn't strike me as unique to humans. In I your found a really interesting fact out the other day. You What's know, um, when. Okay, so I'm going to use the example of two golden retrievers. Okay. When two golden retrievers mate, you know, you imagine they're going to do it doggy style because we've all learned that that's the move. Mm-hmm. But what happens is the, the male um, dog. Well, they can't avoid doing it doggy wait, style. Wait, wait. No matter is, the move. No, no. You, <laughs> this is the, they're this dogs. Is the weird thing. Wait, wait. You <laughs> no, it's going to be doggy style. Well, then we have been using the wrong style, calling it doggy style. Because okay. what they do is they insert their penis and then the, dog, the male dog swivels round to turn its back on the other dog on the bitch with its penis inside her like then emptying his sack so, so into like her so they back to back so they're wait, bum wait, wait. to bum so that if B- any bum attack- to bum he doesn't yeah. fling onto her back so his legs aren't in no, the air no 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 I that was imagining like, that like a reflection yeah yeah no, yeah no no like what happens is they both face opposite it's like ways a, it's like a, uh, penis inside vagina Rorschach test yeah so that they can um, basically if anyone was to attack them while they're doing still it still ready they're ready it's almost like a dog Voltron or something they're just like joining forces to become an even more powerful yes yeah. fuck well, machine I, by the way uh, I always are, stay ready to kill ready we, to attack we now have the internet yeah. back and I can confirm this is Marek Larwood for our American friends here who don't know him very funny comedian he does look UK. a lot like Catherine of- this is Catherine of Aragon <laughs> sure <laughs> sure funny, isn't it? yeah <laughs> freakishly uncanny you that- should put that on a website yeah that is wow <laughs> He's I mean, hilarious. that's fairly yeah. undeniable. Yeah. That's fairly yeah. undeniable. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine that's, looking uh, like a 16th century <laughs> what, dead so, wife. So what first got you into... So biology, but you first got interested in the in the sex stuff. I think that's what, that's I think what most I was, people first got interested in. I think I've been interested in. in the sex stuff since before I was born. Sure. That's what most people... <laughs> well, otherwise you wouldn't have been born. Yeah, yes. exactly. Right, right, right. No, I no. think I had a invested interest in... No, absolutely. When your, when your dad turned his back on your mom's back yeah. so they could defend themselves. Yeah. I wonder if you in England, you... It's, very, it's a very risky business. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you still have the swords drawn. Yeah. I know. Well, English sex is very, very... It's always been very strange to me. Obviously, the rituals and the, the, mm-hmm. the pudding and the... You know, yeah, the Morris kick. dancing. I don't yeah. know if you're yeah. aware of that the process. The glove slaps. That's the what the tissues are everything. for. Yeah. Absolutely. The preceding glove slaps. The um, bells are to yeah. both attract and warm. The bells, the, yeah. Well, fellatio, uh, fellatio was actually invented in England, so the woman could remove... That's definitely not an English word. No, it is. And it was so the woman oh. could remove the coal dust from the man's penis. Uh, oh, okay. For after he'd been sweeping. Sense, no. Yeah. With yeah. his penis? No, no, no. Remove it from his penis. Yeah, with, but what with did he mean sweeping with? He'd been sweeping, yeah, obviously <laughs> sweeping with his dick. Um, a little dick sweep. So, I guess that does make sense, because you need your hands free to clap on the end of the songs. Yeah. Now, I'll, yeah, <laughs> that's a good call. Good call. Now, high on facts today. This is the most fact-heavy. <laughs> guys, ask where my interest learning. in biology now, came from. Interestingly enough, here in here in the states, um, 
in at you least guys do it, public right? schools. We, we do like chimney sweeping. Yeah, we do it yeah. doggy style in the public Coal schools. Mining. We do it. Uh, we do it doggy style in public schools. No, we we didn't have uh, we didn't have great sex education, uh, largely because your your friend Catherine of Aragorn mm-hmm. um, has to go off and make Henry the Eighth start another church. So then Puritans come over here and start our country. Right. And they're such Puritans that uh, that we just don't we still don't have good sex ed. Mm-hmm. I bring I blame your friend. Now, uh, a lot of that, and there's still there's still evolution arguments here in school, mm-hmm. here in our schools here. But but those well, might that be must, going. That must be because because well, of right the Catholic Church, right? It must. Well, the Catholic be Church is super against is evolution. They don't even believe in. There's no possible. No, that's not way. actually true. That's not actually true, guys. No, guys, there's a story that's been sent in by a couple people, including Dana Nichols. Uh, apparently, the, the Pope, Pope Francis. He's well in favor of evolution. No, no, it doesn't. It's really pro-gay, isn't it, as a matter of fact? Well, uh, that's a relative term. By the standards <laughs> of the Catholic Church, yes, he's really pro-gay, in, which he, in that he said gay people may have gifts and... May have gifts? Uh, what was the exact phrasing? It was uh, gifts and values, I think, something like that, to offer... They might. To offer the church. Yeah, yeah and also... Well, and, the and, so and, they, and they them. said, um, he said, he told the conservative side of Catholics to, um, to not to not close their eyes to surprises from God. Mm. Which was a great phrase, I think. Yeah, I'm not sure. How, you could take that a lot of different ways, though, couldn't you? Well, the Pope, uh, this this current Pope, this current iteration of St. Peter, I don't know how the bullshit works. Um, it's, uh, is that what it's supposed to be? Is a person reincarnated St. Peter was the first Pope. Okay. Is that true? Yeah. Um... Gifts and qualities. So, but he's he's notoriously pandering, just in all of his interviews. So all the every now and then this thing will come out like the Pope likes playing flying V guitars, coolest Pope ever, <laughs> and it's because just like musician's friend was interviewing him, right? You know, like he like if, if you're like a like if if a liberal paper is interviewing them, he's like, yeah, no, I'm totally God likes gay people, right. and then he said just as much horrible shit. Against I don't them. know. I think he's better news than any other. We've had. Sure. I'm kind of. I'm kind of As pro him. Fr- no, I. I think he seems like he's trying to bring this whole thing into the 21st century, yeah, at least the 20th and century. And he's not. He's not like he's shying away 20th. from subjects. He's definitely yeah. like this. You know. No, I will agree that he is. Uh, you know, better than the previous pope, I think. But and isn't the at the end pope? of the day, I, I can't care much. Yeah, I mean, I think it's the whole <laughs> the whole institution has to be on its way out. It wasn't the last pope, the first one to ever. Retire and not die in the office? No. Yeah, uh, the I, think, you know, I think you're right. No. He was the second. Oh, he was okay. the first one in like 600 years. Okay, okay. That's but how still, that's old a pretty strong tr- a trend. To like uh, abdicate. He was yeah. the first pope to do that in like 600 years. Which I think says something about whether or not people still take this position as seriously as they used to. No, it's all crazy. Yeah, I think it's even the, the most devout like, person realizes, I don't want this as a job. Everyone's saying like, oh, oh, Pope, it's a young man's game now, but a young man's <laughs> game in Pope is still like 88. Right, right. He gave up before he reached 100. Well, yeah. I mean, the, I think the, last, the last Pope had a lot more reasons to abdicate than, than this one. Right, right. You know. Um, but anyway, the story here is he, he has said, Big Bang the theory and evolution in nature do not contradict the idea of creation. Uh, so new- God was not a magician with a magic wand. He has told the audience of the Vatican. New uh, news from the Vatican there. So yeah. he was he was remarking to the Pontifical Academy of Sciences, uh, which appears to be a theological break from his predecessor, who was a strong exponent of creationism. Hmm. Wow. Um, 
he, this pont- the pontiff said, God created beings and let them develop in accordance with the internal laws that he has given to each one. So, yeah, I'm still putting that in the category of better. It's, yeah, it's, a, it's better. an improvement. Sure. I mean, he's still, uh, uh, those things are great to have everyone on board with as far as belief goes. But the more practical thing from rever- reverse on might be birth control at this point as far as like helping the world. Directly, yeah. but, well, he's you know, maybe yeah, letting whatever. Africa use condoms might be an idea. Yeah. I think yeah. he started doing that. I think he's kind of good on that. You love this part. <laughs> what do you think, marry him? I wish. Oh, but you um, <laughs> maybe he has. I, I don't actually know. Is that a thing he's been softer on? I think on? he says. I think he's kind of got some new rules about it. Well, okay, you should check that out. Like, if you, if you have, you to have if you have AIDS, it's okay or something. Maybe I'm not sure. It's okay to have AIDS now with this pope. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he says that uh, when we read in Genesis the account of creation, we are in danger of imagining that God was a magician, complete with a magic wand that can do all things, but he is not. Mm. Uh, and then someone says, how do you know that? And then he ran away from the... He, uh, he, he ran away giggling. <laughs> um, I want to I do a more science-y story that's also about doing it. Yes. Whoa. Like and it's about animals. Like the Discovery Channel. We're starting the subject of doing it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, why, why haven't we got... Uh, why haven't we got them on, on the show yet? What? Mm. Uh, the entirety of the Bloodhound Gang. As guests yeah, on the show. Call. Mm. But they live here. Do they live here? They, they probably live in the valley. I guess. I, I would guess. I reckon, I reckon what happened was they made an absolute <laughs> killing on that one song and they don't have to work now. Did, and they, they, write, they, did they write the song? I mean, if they wrote the song... They, yeah, but good. they had some other hits as well. They they I'm gonna come out and say that I was a hits. fan of their the album that song was on. I can't remember real, I can't remember what the album was called, but I they liked had, it. Uh, the ballad when of Casey Lane. When I was 18 years old, that was a very did good you, album. Did you used to listen to it and pretend you were hard, pretend you were a, a rude boy. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> would you listen? Pretend you were. I was hard, but I was pret- not pretending I was a rude boy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> mm. I'm still um, learning. I'm learning. That might have been on account of. Why the- do you not use the word hard? Uh, not really. I don't think we would use hard as. Oh, really? You like, think that's a uniquely like British thug term or something? Like say, you think you hard? Yeah, you yeah, hard? that kind of thing. I think yeah, it's an American thing too, don't you? I, yeah, I've um, drunk some um, hard lemonade. Yeah, Mike's that's pretty hard. hard. Lemonade. Drinking hard lemonade is well, there's stuff. Like, yeah, there's that stuff is, like that's that. That's actually probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You tried Smirnoff Ice? Huh? Smirnoff Ice is the hardest. That is the. If there was an equivalent of like the taste. Soundtrack to my youth, it would be Smirnoff Ice. <laughs> like a sip of that, and I'm being sick, age 16. Wow. I'm joking, I didn't drink Smirnoff Ice. Do you have Zima across the pond? No, isn't that, a, isn't that a um, cab app? No, no, it's not. <laughs> it was one of the first uh, like Alcopops, as they call them now. I think it came out when I was about. I don't think we had Zima. We had Hooch. Hooch was the first yeah. Alcopop in the UK that hit it big. It was just called Hooch? Yeah. yeah Hooch. We also had this stuff called Kiwi 2020. Which oh, I remember the, that. It was so cheap. Oh, is it the same? We had Mad Dog 2020. Yeah, yeah. MD similar, 2020. similar thing. Yeah. yeah. But then Smirnoff Ice got... Smirnoff Ice well, was it, huge. It kind of had a classy edge to it. Yeah. Well, then it had that and moment where people were yeah, buying it ironically to force their friends to drink it, which still seems like the best thing to happen to Smirnoff Ice. Like, it doesn't matter how, why you're buying it. You're buying it. It's oh, like, that's what, that's it's, what happened to PBR. It's like in the UK, we yeah. have this we have this um, energy drink called Pussy, uh-huh. and everyone's like, oh, you're drinking Pussy. Oh, you've got Pussy around your mouth. Oh, my God. I uh, had too much Pussy. And just for that shitty joke, they're probably making a fortune. They, yeah. Honestly, I think <laughs> it's like I think it's like second to, like, third to, so it goes Red Bull... 
reckless. Oh, there's pussy. monster as well. A monster. Yeah. It's Why don't you just fourth. start a fast food restaurant called Cock? <laughs> I you ate know? cock. Want to go get some cock? Ah, you mm. ate cock, man. Let's do it again tomorrow. Yeah. Oh, Give them God. all the money. Oh, I was, I was throwing up all night because I had too much cock. Oh, you just said uh, it again. You're hanging out with a bunch of rude boys again, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> um, tell you who is having cock. Mice. Oh, yeah, mouse oh, cock. Boy. What happened? Well, here's a little study. Um, a small group of neurons... Uh, that respond to the hormone um, oxytocin as they should are key to controlling sexual behaviour in mice a team has discovered is oxytocin the sort of ha- a happiness the, the bonding yes. oh, right, yeah, the bonding yeah. hormone yeah Re- the researchers switched off these cells which meant they were no longer receptive to oxytocin this love hormone is which the BBC put in quotes because it's not the proper scientific term is already known to be important for many intimate social situations Without it, female mice were no more attracted to a mate than to a block of Lego. The team reported in Met the journal girls. Cell. Hey. <laughs> it doesn't say whether how much. So that- what are you saying? That if you switch off the love hormone, then you don't feel like doing it. You don't feel like doing it. It doesn't well, even say what kind of Lego though. Yeah, it could that's be- not true. Surely. Well, if you're a mouse. Yeah, but like for example, like men have to have some have to have sex to get their balls go small, right? <laughs> have to what? <laughs> to get their what? <laughs> their balls go small. <laughs> I couldn't understand what you said. Uh, uh, she just said to get their balls go small, to go small. Like, oh, to go small. You, you have yeah. to like there's a there's a certain amount of time that a man, I mean, I'm this is literally everything I ever learned from like um just 17 problem pages, you know, when I was <laughs> yeah, a teenager, yeah. but yep. um isn't it true that like guys' balls need to be milked yeah. just to make them less uncomfortable? Yeah, they'll explode. Yeah, blue. Do if they there's, a, there's a medical condition called blue balls. There's a yeah, well, yeah, it's called blue balls. And it's very uncomfortable, but that is if it's aroused and then bailed on. I'm just completely joking. You know that, right? Yeah, I know it's not an actual okay. medical condition, <laughs> but blue balls can be very painful. Does uh, it not? Does it not, mean, not up physically over? painful? It can be very physically painful. I mean, it's just different. Looking, first of all, it's different for everyone. Just looking okay, at the Wikipedia okay, page okay. for blue balls, and it can absolutely be. It can absolutely be physically painful. Blue balls is a slang term, says Wikipedia, for the condition of temporary fluid congestion (brackets vasocongestion) in the testicles, accompanied by testicular pain, caused by prolonged and unsatisfied sexual arousal in the human male. The term is thought to have originated in the United States, first appearing in 1916. Some urologists call the condition uh, uh, epididymal hypertension. The condition is not experienced by all males. Other urologists call it hilarious. (laughs) 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 And coming to a theater near you, this... I can't believe it's an actual congestion of fluid. I was pretty sure it's just like a, a, a psychological... Like the, the the chemicals that are being released in your brain, the arousal, well, like that has without been a release, like yeah, but no, blue balls is a very real thing. I thought you were kidding when well, you said you didn't think it was a thing. Well, it's well, a thing in terms of like you you are aroused and you want to have sex and then you don't. But I mean, that's still not saying it's physical. It could still all be Andy, neural chemicals. No, your balls are full of hot bubbly cums. What's happening? <laughs> no, that's not, how you, that's not how balls work. That is, they're full of <laughs> hot bubbly seed. I don't think it's balls. like magma. <laughs> they're hot bubbly seed. <laughs> exactly. No, I'm with Holly here. I don't think if, you, if it comes out, it sort of b- burns your thigh. Yeah, like the yeah, floor's yeah, yeah. magma no one step on the floor. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a little... little <laughs> like a, uh, yeah, like like a, is that why no one's allowed to step on your floor in your bedroom, Jessica? Yeah, it's like a Maui and Oahu type thing. Yeah, that's why... Destroy Pompeii. Absolutely, yeah. That's why I don't wear socks anymore. Is uh, it burns my feet. Um, <laughs> imagine if, just imagine if cum was so hot, it was like, oh. 
Oh yeah. Well, we, none of us but would be here. Still like juggling to, from hand to yeah. hand like a potato. Yeah, yeah. We wouldn't have survived. But uh, <laughs> how poisonous could it be before it would stop the human yeah. species from existing? All bukkake would be snuff films. I know that. Right, right. Right blow off jobs the bat. would not exist. They would not exist. Um, well, even, well, blow would be. Yeah. Even even <laughs> exactly. No, it'd be very Pull literal. It it'd be very literal. Yeah. Despite all the, it a bit. Yeah. Just leave it for ten minutes, and I'll come back to it. Then there there really would be coal dust all over the yeah. all over yeah. the penis. Um, um, although widely discussed, there has been scant information in the medical research literature about blue balls until an article by Chalet and Nuremberg in Pediatrics 2000. Okay. Which Pediatrics? Fa- uh, yeah, actually, it says in Pediatrics. I don't know whether Pediatrics 2000 was a, a two, year 2000 edition of Pediatrics or whether there is a medical journal called Pediatrics 2000, <laughs> which sounds like Upgraded. a comic strip. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the future of Pediatrics. Yeah, it's, it's where, you know, it's where the medical judge dread was first originated. Yeah. Like, I like B- Pediatrics 1984. That was my favourite. <laughs> very, very bleak Pediatrics. <laughs> yeah. um, but which found little formal data regarding the condition but concluded that the treatment is sexual release. Oh, okay. So we do know how to get rid of it. That's good mm-hmm. to know. Mm-hmm. So there we go. If you have, if anyone is listening to this show right now with blue balls, sexual release. Sexual release. But I mean, I imagine lots of people listening to this would feel extreme. I imagine a lot of people listening to this would feel extreme um, s- sort of sexual frustration. Yeah. Well, because, because by of, nature of pod, being a podcast listener, or because of hat. just the very vibe of this place. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Matt is wearing a sort of um, denim jacket, the color of a jacket potato. You two are wearing. You, you look like very oh, serious. Xenophobic. You two. Why? Just you two, the Americans are weird. <laughs> <laughs> wow. You two. I US two. I'm sorry. I, I I was lazy with my. First of all, Holly, I always look this angry. Do you? It's not my fault. Why is that? It's a bone structure. It's a structural. No, it's not, though. Yes, it's, it is. It's, 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 yes, it is. Okay, there's a tone of voice there. <laughs> <laughs> I can't... I'm, I'm serious, and this is a constant thing, and it's the huge catch-22 of, like, of uh, you know, why are you so upset? Why are you so... And then you really are, after eventually... You know what you've got, though? I'll tell you something you've got. You've got a, a quite a large supraorbital torus, which is the sort of um, bony bit above your... Thighs. I know, I know what it is. Yes, that's my caveman brow. Yeah, you've got a caveman brow. I that's do. I have a caveman brow. You've um, got a prehistoric seriousness. Very about prehistoric. You. I've um, in the UK, this is the highest form of flattery. Just so you know, Jesse. This no, is I know. How you would I know. Someone in the street. Uh, yeah. My, I do get it from my father, and my mom has none. Very well, flat forehead. Neanderthal. My dad might, but like I've considered getting the DNA test. So you can figure out how <laughs> Neanderthal you are, like how much. <laughs> No, I'm completely serious because I also I've had X-rays before and I have very very thick bones. Uh-huh. Like my bones are extremely thick. I'm not, you could apply. Line. You might. Uh-huh. <laughs> you might apply for some extra like scholarship money or something yeah, if, if you, you can prove yeah. that you are like an eighth Neanderthal or something. Well, yeah. you can't be an eighth anymore, but but you can be like if you're like four percent or something, it shows. Okay. Right. You know? So I think that my dad is solid Neanderthal because his dad, it's insane. <laughs> I mean, it's like my grandma might have just found a chunk of ice and it melted and then she <laughs> fucked that guy. She just fucked him in it. And ra- I, raised, love the, I love the idea that your, him as your a human. family photo is like one of those like the evolution of man photos. <laughs> it's like that's great grandfather. Yeah. Great-grandfather. No it is. That's that's like a family reunion photo. Do you have yeah. great great grandma Lucy? No. Oh, you, there's no, no Lucy. Okay. No, there's no okay. Lucy. Um, is it mitochondrial Eve? No, well, good call. <laughs> no, ironically, um, my, it's not mitochondrial Steve. My, my, it's not mitochondrial <laughs> no. Steve. No, my family tree 
uh, both sides of my family, no one could read until about 1900. Right. No. True. No. They're all sharecroppers. I come from sharecroppers, both What's sides. What's a sharecropper? It's where you would, like, um, to immigrate, you would work on, like, a plantation or something. This is ha- half went to Canada, half went to uh, the States. Um, Those fertile fields of Canada. <laughs> fertile field, the fertile fields of Thunder Bay, where you would... Um, is it really Thunder Bay? Yeah. That place, I've, I've Google image searched that for some reason one night when I got in the Wikipedia hole. It looks beautiful in the summertime. I spent two days there. Thunder Bay, it's Port fine. Arthur. It's very beautiful. Is it not? Yeah. yeah. But, um... You, so you would get like an acre of land that you could live on, you and your family, and then you work the rest of their land as well. So these were extremely, extremely poor people. Paul Schaefer from Thunder Bay. Sorry, I just know <laughs> some trivia about Thunder Bay. Paul Schaefer, uh, this, uh, Paul Schaefer, <laughs> this is weird, um, lived with his uncle for a while, and his uncle was a dentist who dated my grandmother. Wow. Um, my grandmother remembers Paul, a young Paul Schaefer like being around. Um, it's very weird. Point being, okay. everybody, that uh, the birth records and all that get very shady before that, where my family even comes from, because there's no, um, there was like no education before yeah. like 1900, you know? Hmm. Uh, so there, anyway, point is Neanderthal could have happened. I don't know. So what about the mice? mice? These, these mice. mice. These so the neurons, mice. these neurons that they were playing with were situ- are situated in the prefrontal cortex, which is an area of the brain important for personality, learning, and social behavior. And you've got an enlarged front bit of your brain. <laughs> that's why you've got the cerebral torus. So, so that's why you're so interesting. No. I'm complimenting you. You are our better. No, that is complimentary. No, thank you. I appreciate it. No worries. I appreciate See, it. See, I bought it back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wow. So when the hormone was withheld and when the cells were silenced, the females lost interest in mating during estrus, which is when female mice um, are sexually active. April, isn't it? Was that? Isn't that around April? Yeah, it's around April. Yeah. (laughs) Estrus. It's when the... the, Yeah, estrus eggs. They all dance around that pole with the streamers. It's when... um, It's when Mises was crucified. (laughs) I think it's that... I think it's around that time that you're... You have to ask your mum to get cans to give to old people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, But when... uh, at other times in their cycle, they responded to the males with normal social behavior. This is still with no oxytocin. Uh, this is with no oxytocin, yes. The results were pretty fascinating because it was a small population of cells that had such a specific effect, said co-author of the work Nathaniel Heinz of the Rockefeller University in New York. That doesn't Th- sound like a real university. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's based uh, in... M- it's where NBC is... Like, yeah. <laughs> it's like Saturday Night Live has a university out the back. <laughs> He's uh, on the 80th floor of the Rockefeller. Yeah. Um, and it's um, it, it's a big university. It's prestigious. It's run by Jimmy Fallon. Uh, Lorne Michaels is the honorary president. And they get a lot of good uh, scientific skits done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this internal hormone gets regulated in many different contexts. In this particular context, it works through the prefrontal cortex to help modulate social and sexual behavior in female mice. It doesn't mean it's uniquely responsible because the hormone acts in several important places in the brain, but it does show that this particular cell type is required for the as- for this aspect of female social behavior. How'd they silence these neurons, Matt? Well, the teams use toxins that block the ability of the cells to transmit signals to other neurons, which is technology that has recently revolutionized the ability to study small populations of neurons. Which That's doctor, cool. Which Dr. Hines had a... Some sort of quote about that. Well, he did. He said, uh, oh. these circuits may exist similarly in other species, including humans. So understanding these circuits we found in mice might help us to understand why oxytocin has these effects in humans, too. That's all they discovered, huh? No. They also discovered that... Fe- 
<laughs> Female cells were more responsive to the hormones than the equivalent cells in male mice. Uh, Gareth Lang, professor of experimental physiology at the University of Edinburgh, UK, who was not uh, involved in the study? No, that doesn't exist. That's just that's just Hogwarts. Yeah. Uh, who was not involved with the study says that the work was very interesting and added to a body of knowledge showing that the oxytocin receptors are situated at many parts of the brain, facilitating social interactions. This is the thing BBC often does with their news stories, where they go to the real scientists who did the study, and then they have to go to a British person afterwards to just go, yeah, this is a good study. Yeah, they just went to, who had nothing to do with it, said, yeah, I guess. Yep. I think every country, every country's journalists do that. Yeah, uh, But um, Gareth Lang also said, oxytocin seems to be able to alter the ways that certain groups of neurons talk to each other, effectively rewiring neural circuits. Uh, not a physical rewiring, but a functional rewiring. Uh, mm. The study so, shows more. What are you going to say? Can you get more of this oxytocin? Like, can I get some? I oh, people have oxytocin parties. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I've heard of those. You haven't heard of those? What do you get? Can you just put oxytocin straight in? Because I am very yeah. socially awkward, Wait, and that would help me out. You haven't heard of oxytocin parties? No. They're real things. I'm Googling I thought now. that was just a thing where you didn't shower for like five days. <laughs> What's that? No, that's a thing. Oh, oh like people p- like having undershirts that they then like give to... I've heard of those... Pheromones? Like, sort like a pheromone of blind party? dating through the smell of someone's undershirt. Well, yeah. like you... Pheromone parties, yes. It's like a bunch of people show up to a party you haven't dated... You, or you haven't, you haven't showered in like five days. I think you're supposed to bring a shirt that you wore a bunch of nights while you were sleeping, ha- having washed but not used any sort of right. deodorants. But then if and it, you put that in a... Tr- if, you, if everyone wore them, it would ruin it. Like you put it in like a plastic bag and bring it, I think, like a sealed And then if you're attracted to the smell of someone's, you want to bang them. Yeah, they, they've done it at uh, Cinefamily, at the movie theater on, on Fairfax. I don't know how they did it, but I think, yeah, the women are in one part of the room, men, and then they smell them, and they like rate the... Uh, the smells of the shirts and then like there's a picture that you take of you holding up your number so then later on they can see the picture of the person next to the number and if they want to go talk to that person whose smell they liked man uh, something like that but yeah here's here's an article from boing boing about an oxytocin party this is from, from 2009 okay um by the way just before you get onto that story sure, this sure. Is the final line of this thing just uh, again from gareth lang says oxytocin seems to be acting not like a conventional neurotransmitter but more like a hormone within the brain itself sure so there we go so sure. what, what does Boing Boing have well, to say Well, suppose they have a link to an article about an oxytocin party, and, and uh, in the Boing Boing write-up, they say, they say that they don't know... Why can't I talk? They say they don't know if it's real or not, but there's a video of a purported oxytocin party where people take the tablets of it, the love and trust hormone. Um, they said that... Uh, what's that? I don't know if that's how it works, that you could take a tablet. I think you could release what's already there within your brain, like yeah, ecstasy like, releasing like serotonin. serotonin. They, they did it. Uh, uh Let's see. Oh, you know what? The link is so old, it's been removed. Damn you, internet. Um, but yeah, I guess they would they would take take those pills and then, uh, you know, just... I guess it's like a lightweight version of, of a rave, sort of, you know? But I don't think that's... I'm not sure that's how drugs work, right? What do you mean? I thought drugs were... Unless you were taking a supplement, like something that had vitamins, something like that, drugs were merely releasing things that are already there but surely then you could run out like for example if someone goes on like a five day coke binge I don't know well, anything you, about drugs well you can but run you, out what, so after four days of being on coke you stop you're like suicidal well that is like, but, but it, it rebuilds eventually but that is the reason are you asking the, if you can run out of coke not here not, <laughs> no, 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 no. the, re- the running, running out of serotonin or at least running low on serotonin is the reason why a few days after taking ecstasy, or yeah, you have like so, there's like a, there's a crash. Suicidal on Tuesdays, hmm. and that's that's what that is. That's you basically. You, you know who else had a crash? Oh no, 
Amelia Earhart, you guys. Amelia Earhart. Oh, had I thought a crash. you were going with okay. Guys, the more recent. Did you know that uh, a fragment of Amelia Earhart's lost aircraft has been identified to a I, high degree of certainty? I did not know that. Well, uh, it's pretty cool. I I originally when I originally read this, I was, it was linked to a different article. Um, but I, yeah, I've I actually like geeked out on this for a day, looking at all the evidence and stuff. And it, yeah. this seems totally legit. Actually, this is um, uh, final nail in the coffin of, of one more conspiracy theory. Her plane vanished over the Pacific Ocean on July 2nd, 1937, in a record attempt to fly around the world at the equator. New research strongly suggests that a piece of aluminum aircraft debris recovered in 1991 from Nukamarala, an uninhabited atoll in the southwestern Pacific Republic of Kiribati, does belong to Earhart's twin-engine Lockheed Electra. Just want to make it clear that's not uh, Jesse being culturally insensitive or anything. That's actually how it's spelled. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What are you talking about? Uh... <laughs> Where what is an atoll? Uh, it's, it's a circle yeah. of islands, or a, a circular island, I believe. No, I think it's a circle of. It's or a circular like a island. Of so islands. it lets in like a lagoon in the middle, almost like a, a, like 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 if there was a mm, volcano like underwater with a crater and just the crater were. Poking I think up. it's a ring-shaped reef island or chain of islands formed of coral. That's yeah, sure. Mm. That's I great that's memory a pretty recall. Good, uh, that's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, punt you've got there. So. Uh, <laughs> yes, there were. So, in 1991, a group called uh, it's the International Group for Historic Aircraft Recovery, or TIGHAR. Um, they went to Nicomaroro. Who, who takes the T in an acronym from the word the? Well, IGRA doesn't sound the same. Yeah. 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 So they went to maybe it's Nicomaroro, uh, and the. Where is this, by the way? I don't know. I've never heard of these places. Uh, uh, you know, I, it's Kiribati. Yeah, where's that? <laughs> Duh. Duh. Well, it says Southwestern Pacific, so I assume... Uh, where's the nearest place I might have I heard of? I assume uh, Polynesia. Spain. I assume I'm looking it up. <laughs> I, looking I, it I up. will assume these are Polynesian islands, but I will... Uh, you know, I'm probably wrong. It's not England or Spain. Not interested. So they found an aluminum sheet, um, and they thought, hey, is this part of Amelia Earhart's mm. fucking airplane? You know That's what I, mean? what I think. Any time I see any metal, mm. uh, she was in an uh, an Electra Lockheed Electra ten twin engine. Um, lucky, uh, very lucky. So oh, it's, okay, it's it's basically it's right like the in the middle of the Pacific. It's uh, almost directly south of Hawaii near the equator. So Polynesia, yeah. So oh, there right, we go. Right in the middle. That's right in the middle. That's wow. that's Hawaii there. Killed it. So it's directly mm -hmm. below. Directly below Hawaii. Yeah, on the on that big line that runs yeah. through. It's almost like yeah, if you drew a. Which that is the equator, and if it's right by the equator, if you drew a line through the equator from Ecuador to Indonesia, it's pretty much maybe, the halfway mark. Do you think maybe she, she was... hit that dotted line? Is that what caused the problems oh, with her yeah, plane? Well, she, did she run? It, did like, she... Oh, if, maybe. If, it's, if it's like a pixel wide there, that means it's like hundreds of miles yeah. thick yeah, in real life. Point. So yeah. mm -hmm. why don't we just walk across it? Yeah, it seems much easier. It seems like yeah. a nice bridge. It's a know. long. It's a much longer walk than it would seem. You might want a motorbike. Okay, but it is dotted as well. I mean, you would you have, have to, to get planes have to from jump each time. sections yeah. of dots. Yeah, yeah, and that sounds like a nightmare. Mm. Uh, you'd have like to a, pull um, vault or something. Talking heads video. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> is that who I'm talking about? I'm not sure. So for a long time, they thought that. Hang on, are you thinking the New Order video? New for? Order, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's something you. Radio live transmission. Um, so for a long time, guys, New Order jokes. Let's do it. Um, that's Joy Division, isn't it? Oh, is it? Well, Joy Division became New Order. I know, but still, it's not technically that until he dies. It's not. Uh... Yeah, but New Order fucking sucks. Does it oh, suck? What are you Come on, about? the post JD. Come on. Come on, but that's guys. A, you know what's. How does it feel? I mean, I guess yeah. I don't know. All yeah, right, I'm gonna get angry emails about that. <laughs> People get so into New Order. More than Joy Division, you think? 
I think so. I think the Joy Division fandom is just you're proud that you love Joy Division. You have a cool shirt. It's a, it's a great album cover. It's a great it's album cover. It's an amazing album. It's an amazing album. It's an amazing album cover, you know? The in, the out, the in, the out. All right, guys, Joy Division, listening to it tonight. Let's do this. So these guys, here's the point, is they, uh, they research what happened to this plane. And they found an aluminum sheet. And this is a long time ago. They found it in 1991 and discounted it as part of her plane. Because mm-hmm. they looked at it. There's nowhere it could go on this Electra 10. Until very recently, a photo popped up from the Miami Herald. And it shows the Electra departing from San Juan, Puerto Rico on the morning of Tuesday, June 1st, 1937. A shiny patch of metal had been installed where the window had been in the back. Um, So forensic imaging of photos of the patch show that its borders are roughly the same as the window frame it replaced. Um, And they they took a look at it. They realized the rivets line up. Everything lines up. Um, Just looking at the pictures now and... All right. That is actually riveting. (laughs) (laughs) Good call. Um, So these researchers went to Wichita Air Services in Newton, Kansas... Compare the dimensions and features of the artifact uh, 22V1, as is what they called it, um, as the metal sheet found on Nikumaroro was called, and with the structural components of a Lockheed Electra being restored to airworthy condition. Uh, the rivet pattern matched up, and they said the first time, uh, the first time an artifact found on that, that island has had a direct link to Amelia Earhart. But the breakthrough doesn't really stop there, because they found other stuff on that island before... Like, they found a freckle-removing cream, and they found, like, watches and stuff. Like, they found stuff on the island. Are you actually being serious about freckle-removing cream? I am. Being dead serious. <laughs> wow. No, they found... I'm, I'm being completely serious. They found, a, like, freckle-removing cream. They found stuff on the island. So the new theory is that they actually, like, landed on this flat coral reef, made radio transmissions, tried to survive for a while, lost their plane with the high tide, and then just starved to death on this island. Oh. That's so horrible. That's a bit like in um, The Life of Pi. Yeah. Film. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's a, it's a documentary, but mm-hmm. they, um, there's a point where the guy gets swept swept up on this weird island with loads of teeth kind of coming out of a hole. Oh yeah, that like banyan tr- whatever that thing is. Yeah, it's like the floating island made so of tree branches. That actually happened to her. Yes, she got sucked up in a living island after fending off the tiger that was on her plane. I don't. Yeah. Even, why, why did they put the tiger on the plane with her? Yeah. Oh um. Uh, just to What's add, add, a, add a fear factor. Huh? Yeah. Add a little bit of fear factor. Well, she was with jeopardy. her, she was with what, her navigator. Yeah. It's like someone was like, there's not enough jeopardy in this. Let's uh, <laughs> raise the stakes. Yeah. Um, Put a lion on instead of a navigator. So, <laughs> so here's what they think is that uh, her and Amelia Earhart and Fred Noonan made a forced landing on Nikumaroro's smooth, flat coral reef. The two became castaways, eventually died in the atoll. Um, well, I'll tell you something that happened. One of them ate the other one. That definitely happened, by the way. <sighs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. If mm-hmm. you got on an island and you died and somebody else lived, they would try and stay alive for a bit longer by eating you. What so if you couldn't even start a fight? I'm assuming they could probably start a fight. You fire. can eat it raw. You can eat human raw. We can do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know a lot about how golden retrievers right. Well, no, this is like a. I mean, this humans. is. Sushi's big in this area. It's yeah. Polynesian, yeah. you know. Mm. Um, but presumably, by the time one of you dies, you're both at death's door, right? So maybe sure, you're too but weak one to of you like, can get another week away from death's door by eating the other one. If you can tear off their flesh with your bare hands, like it's probably pretty tough to do that. You don't just you think? bite into them. You don't need to tear. You just it eat off. the skin. Yeah, no, you Ugh. just use your teeth and you pick up their arm and you bite into it. <laughs> okay. So the the they have like a chicken leg. <laughs> they have uh, they have radar imagery um, from very close by, which looks pretty legit. 
Um, there's a weird object that rests at a depth of 600 feet at the base of a cliff just offshore um, where they think that the Electra was washed into the ocean. They're going to go check it out a little later this year. A little later, like 600 feet isn't that crazy. I mean, you can't scuba dive to that, but you could send something down pretty yeah, soon. Yeah, but I mean, that's we well, didn't even know anywhere. where this place was until we had to Google it. They, right, these guys are the they same. Wait? Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, they're still, they're still marveling over the fact that there's a place called Kiribati. Yeah. <laughs> right. They're all just wondering whether it's just a living island of trees that's going to eat them. They're not <laughs> so, oh, God, yeah. What if they saw the film before they came out there? That would <laughs> So anyway, they, they really think that, um, and if you look at the photo, and then they have another one with a little graphic overlay of, of, the, of an Electra. That one's a little more tenuous to me, but... Uh, a little more tenuous, but it's, what it is, is it's post, uh, post-processing sonar data. I've seen a better photo of this, too. I thought I had, too, yeah. Um, that looked pretty good to me. I mean, that does look just like a plane. It does. <laughs> it does look exactly like a plane. <laughs> oh, no, or a line. Little, Can I just cartoon. say, like, if you're... Oh, that's oh, the a cartoon. Second <laughs> yeah. cartoon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Can I just say, if you're going to be a professional pilot, one of the first ever women pilots, mm. Amelia Earhart is just the best name ever. It's a very good name. She was think, destined. Do you think that maybe they like let her fly more because of the name than ability? <laughs> like, they're like, look, it's a great name for that. I Heart Air, Amelia Earhart. Yeah, yeah. There was like a sort of like Alicia Keys is just such a great name <laughs> it's for a almost unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> it's as if <laughs> yeah. Musician. <laughs> right. There must be loads of famous people whose names really influenced how they yeah. go into yeah. it. Jam Master J. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Amelia Earhart. But then who, who else? Well, do you well have? Usain Bolt is the best one. Usain Bolt's great. But then, uh, so what do we have? We've got Amelia Earhart. But then you've got, um, you know, Aaliyah, the Big Bopper. Is it, wait a minute, guys. <laughs> All these people died. In- Aaliyah, yeah. What? Oh no. Elia <laughs> does sound like an Irish um All these people <laughs> All these people went down in planes. Elia, um, yeah. Holly, where do you stand on spiders and I, the, with my feet. These <laughs> All right. All right, Holly. <laughs> this has been probably size, ladies and gentlemen. We will see. <laughs> Are you afraid of if you see a spider? I hate spiders. Do you and also can else? I say something? This is one of the big reasons why I've always found this area of America quite scary. Firstly, because we're on a major fault line. Nobody ever talks about it, but yeah, they we do. are. Okay, well we haven't yet. <laughs> we didn't talk about it and I've been here for like an hour. It's and terrifying. secondly, the fact that you have venomous spiders. Did you read about that story about the Waitrose delivery in England? It, where it was in a in a yeah, someone did internet shopping from a supermarket, and the most deadly spider in the whole world was hidden under some bananas. What? Wait, what yeah. happened? Is that a brown recluse, or what's the most deadly um, spider? I did read... Hang on, let me find the story, because there was a point where... I can't remember where the spider was from. I think it was from somewhere that wasn't Australia, and then a whole lot of Australians got upset. Like, we've got much deadlier spiders. Do they grow bananas in Australia? They don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Well, that would We've help. got a lot of Australian listeners. If you are... If you are currently near somewhere that bananas are growing, uh, write us probably science at gmail.com mm. and remember to mark your envelopes banana. What else can you do with that website, guys? Well, if you want to, you can uh, like send us one. some money to help us cover our costs. Wait, 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 wait. That would help us. Are you saying that people can donate money? Andy? I'm not saying that. I'm not, I'm not even saying they can. I'm saying they should. I'm saying please go to probablyscience.com, first of all, to look at all the articles we've mentioned. We have links to all of them over on the site and um, to send us. A few extra bucks. But and surely when you do no that, one's ever done that yet. You'd be surprised. People do it almost every week, Jesse. 
What are you talking about? Yeah, I'm not. Maybe, I should have told you. We don't have you're entitled to do some you of this money. Do you take other currency other than? Bucks. I believe we, we take it's PayPal. Everything. So I think you can Bitcoin. send Bitcoin. You can send it in any currency and it'll convert it to ours. Uh, Matthew Warwick sent some money in. Thank you very much, Matthew. Hey, thanks, Matthew. Which I, I only learned in the last couple of years. That's how you pronounce that name. Yep. Don't Matthew do the Warwick. second do you think w. it was? Like Matthew Warwick, Warwick I thought actually... like Ewok, the, the Wick, uh, Wick at the Ewok, I thought he was uh, Warwick Davis. I always assume oh, right, that's yeah. how you... Warwick. Yeah. Um, Warwick. Sophie Warden also sent some money in. Thank Sophie. you very much, Sophie. You definitely you. pronounce the W in that. Yeah. But mm-hmm. you should pronounce the P as well in the first name. Oh, yeah. Sophie. 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 Uh, the dietitian who wrote us last week, um, Anderson Jones, Anderson Jones, who's, who last week was very cool about, gave us a very detailed explanation about the whole pasta calling mm-hmm. story, mm-hmm. and then not content with helping us out by actually supplying a story, was then really kind enough to set up a monthly donation. I've been ordering frozen pasta everywhere I go now. So, so you guys cook mm-hmm. it up in the back, then freeze it, then bring it. I'll wait. So. <laughs> And uh, Matthew Arnold also has a recurring monthly yeah, payment. Matthew. Thank you for that. Thank you, Matthew. Uh, Matthew Arnold. Do we even mention this last thing? I'm wondering. Oh, we could Matthew Carter sent in an amount, but it was quite small, and it was small I, enough that most of it came through. Yeah, us. See, I won't say how small it was. I would just say, like, if you're sending a small amount as a joke, just know that most of that money will go to PayPal. When I don't the number think he is sent it as enough. a joke, though. I think he sent it because he did say, does this help? Uh, and it's, it's nice to send stuff in, but most of that money does end up going to PayPal. Right. But you know what? Maybe... Three cents of it or whatever goes to you guys. And maybe that guy's got no money. That's a good point. You know and what, Matthew, just, thank you. He's just given you his last five cents or In whatever. In which case, that was a really stupid thing to do, Matthew. What were you thinking yeah, about? Matthew, <laughs> let me tell you something. There's like dollar stores. You can get cans of beans. You can mm-hmm. do, I've had to do this. I mean, I've, I've, you know, when it gets down to the wire. If you're down to your last couple of dollars, don't send them to don't us. Don't send it to us. No. We're going to be okay, guys. But no. if you do have money to spare, it really helps us run this thing and it helps us uh, in general. And, um, uh, you can also help us by buying stuff from Amazon using our links. Hey. If you go to, again, the Amazon link on our website and then just shop as normal, we get a little commission and that really helps us out. Especially, yeah, with the holidays coming up, do all of your Christmas shopping yeah. by first clicking there and then shopping as normal. That's a great idea. It's really cool. Yeah. And it, yeah, it makes no difference to your price, helps us out. Uh, and if you're not able to donate and if you're not shopping on Amazon, the other way you can really, really help us is by telling your friends, spread the word. Tell, Telling a rich friend specifically. Tell, tell your rich friends, but also tell your social media influential friends. and just, At least friends who know how podcasting works. Yeah, friends who know how podcasting works. Uh, so get the word out. Tell them to subscribe. Subscribing in general really helps our numbers with iTunes, particularly if you subscribe through, through your iTunes, phone, apparently. Yeah. Uh, so that helps true. us out. Yeah, for some reason, the way the charts work, they have some kind of weird formula that they don't tell anyone. But I, I always I just, subscribe through my pager. Oh well, that on my fax machine. That actually Doesn't counts against us. Yeah. Does it? Yeah, well, that that actually knocks us down the charts. Does it? Uh, yeah, so sorry if about enough that. people do that, the podcast ceases to exist. Actually, maybe I should start subscribing to Mark Marin just via my. Um, oh yeah, knocking my, everyone else down. My Amstrad, so mm-hmm. that I can help you guys out. Yeah, yeah that'd be great. That'd be great. Um, Although I did realize that I was wondering why we had that big bump in Australian. Um, not why I knew why we had more Australian listeners, um, but. It didn't result in uh, an accompanying jump in the charts. It's, well, every country has their own iTunes charts. I forgot about that whole oh. thing. <laughs> yeah, so we had that. Uh, yeah, this week, well, between Will, Will Anderson was on our show, and I was briefly on Will Anderson's show, and I was on I Love Green Guide Letters. So oh, okay. Very Australian this Hitting week. Hitting them all. Um, the other thing we're doing, the Probably Science Twitter account. I did Sydney Opera House like three nights ago. Oh, that'll be it as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're the new front man for In Excess. Yeah. 
Uh, Why haven't you? You guys are just ta- sitting here like this, this hasn't been happening to me. No one said congratulations. The whole fucking show. You know how hard I've been working? Jesus. It's been like, I need you tonight on a nonstop loop coming out of your room for the last week. Yeah. I know. Well, I, I and I tell you something. People, we also have a Twitter, probably science. Yeah, we do at, have a Twitter. And we've science. just started, I just thought this week, we've kind of been tweeting links when we have them when the show goes out and tweeting pictures uh, but they're not really doing anything until the new show comes out and we thought well that's a kind of a waste of that account so what yeah. we're going to start doing now if mm. I don't know what you guys feel about that uh, obviously let us know if you think it's a bad idea or if you think it's a good idea but we're going to just start uploading the stories as we get them and some, we do have a lot of people sending in stories yeah loads week. of people send in stories and sometimes we don't even get to cover the stories on the show so whenever we get stories now we're going to put them on our Twitter accounts and if you email in a story and you want us to tag you as well, tell us your Twitter handle and we'll make sure we tag give, you. Yeah, give us some mm. give us some comments. And we'll put so it out we, there. Uh, and then when we record, we'll do some of those. Some of those stories will be in the show. Some other stories that we haven't tweeted. And then you'll get to see some stories that we didn't get time to cover. So that's the new plan. And if you have uh, guest suggestions, we're always welcome. We always welcome those. We always want to hear who you guys want to hear from on the show. Or if you want to complain. Uh, someone told me to fuck off because they have arachnophobia. <laughs> and uh, I apparently made them... Scared of spiders, but you know they could do to do another. Well, yeah, I mean, they, it sounds like it sounds like there's nothing they can do about it. It sounds there like is if something. If, no, it sounds there like, is something they and Holly can do. No, it sounds like if you have arachnophobia, you're just kind of fucked. Man. Although this kind of happened by accident, a phobia was uh, uh, abolished by accident in a man whose br- a small amount of his brain was removed. Uh, yeah, well, f- they, they chopped the arachnophobia out of this guy's brain. Well, here's what happened. A 44-year-old businessman, I don't know why it needed to be said that he was a businessman, but he was, started Important. having seizures out of the blue. Brain scans showed he had an abnormality in his left amygdala, or amygdala, how do you pronounce that? Amygdala. Uh, an area in the temporal lobe involved in... peace press. Oh, yeah. Involved <laughs> in emotional reactions, amongst other things. Further tests show the cause was... Oh, God, why do I always pick the stories that are hard to read out? Sarcoidosis. Uh, Sarcoidosis. Sarcoidosis. A rare condition that causes damage to the lungs, skin, and occasionally the brain. Doctors Mm. decided it was necessary to remove the man's damaged left... uh, Amygdala. It is amygdala rather than amygdala. amygdala. Yeah. The surgery went well, but soon after, the man noticed a strange turn of events. Not only did he have peculiar stomach-lurching aversion to music which was particularly noticeable when he heard the song accompanying a certain TV advert. I wonder if it says which one. But was he it, also was it d- Spider-Man, Spider-Man? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. He also discovered he was no longer afraid of spiders. While his aversion to music waned over time, the arachnophobia never returned. But don't you think part of that is like, he nearly died once, and he was like, life's too short to care about spiders. <laughs> it's like, it's only a fucking spider. Yeah. He died. Oh, I nearly died earlier, but I had half my brain chopped out. Anyway, I, I've got business to do. Yeah, because well, I'm a business before, man. Be- Well, it seems quite, quite dichotomous, because it says before the surgery, he would, uh, quote, throw tennis balls at spiders, or use hairspray to immobilize them before vacuuming them up. <laughs> That's just a smear campaign. That it's just, yeah, it's just a, a crazy person. Uh, but now he's able to touch and observe the little critters at close distance and says he actually finds them fascinating. He hasn't noticed any changes to other kinds of fears or anxieties. For example, he still won't eat pussy. <laughs> That's he's, not in the article. He's equally I've, as we've anxious. We've all drunk about, pussy in the UK. Huh? Did we talk about that here? Oh, yeah, the drink. Or the, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's what I'm talking about. No, okay. <laughs> For a minute there, I thought that was yeah, a, yeah, yeah. a completely that's what, other... That's what I'm talking about. Uh, for example, he's equally as anxious about public speaking now as he was prior to surgery. Uh, the man was observed. Well, not that much because he's talking to 
journalists. Right. Well, not no, but he's talking from a box. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, the man was observed by Nick Medford at Brighton and Sussex Medical School. Another great name for that job. Yep. That's true. Mm-hmm. Medford. Of course he's going to get into medicine. Absolutely. I was thinking about that. Like uh, A lot of porn stars have those names. It's like, well, you're going to do porn. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know true. what I mean? What, your name's Nikki Sex? <laughs> like, yeah, obviously you're going to do... Pandora Peaks? You're gonna, Nikki obviously Sex you're gonna is do not porn. a name of a porn You know what I mean? Star. Remington Steel? You're going to do porn, yeah. bro. Yeah, that's a good point. You know what I mean? I feel sorry for the people who... Uh, first pet had a racist name because <laughs> then they can never get into porn oh good call mm. good call yeah, yeah. like well, if they grew up in that kind of family where you're like well we now know that you can't call a dog that but mm-hmm. they didn't but now i can't do porn because my name would just be well it's weird bigoted. yeah the first i'm actually this is strange for me because i'm I, I just happen to i'm not a uh, homosexual which, which uh, you know that's just how the how the cards panned out but the street i grew up on my first street was was cum gobbler Ah. So if I did porn, obviously you would have to. People would expect right, right, right. homosexual porn, but uh, right. yeah. yeah. Hmm. Anyway, guys, um, so Nick Medford, uh, good guy, and he—that's <laughs> what I say about things when I'm pulling up a link. Good guy, great guy, solid so, uh, dude. He's at the Brighton and Sussex Med- Medical School in the UK, uh-huh. um, and he co-authored a paper on the case with medical student Sophie Binks. Um, he says it's difficult to know just how a single phobic response has been picked off in this man. Broadly speaking, he, he says it might have something to do with the fact that we appear to have two different types of fear response. It's like when you see a snake and you jump back in alarm, but when you look back, you realize it's just a stick. He says that's your quick and dirty panic response. Quick and it, dirty. It isn't very that's, accurate. Yes, that was my pun. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just doing porn shorts. Never did Yeah. <laughs> just, it's always. Uh, the, so the quick and dirty panic <laughs> response isn't very accurate, but it's necessary for basic survival. And then there's the more nuanced fear appraisal, which takes longer to process, but is more accurate. And Medford suggests that in this man's case, perhaps some of the neural pathways related to the panic type fear response were eliminated with the removal of the left amygdala, while the parts of the amygdala responsible for generalized fear remained intact. Alas, it is not possible to assess other aspects of the man's panic response to see if they had also diminished, as he had no other phobias and did not want to undergo further <laughs> testing. Thank you, sir, and good day. I like this idea that there's just these two researchers chasing him down the Come street on, with some spiders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, just like a whole box of other things. Yeah. Yeah. Like a little cliff. Like, no, that's not how, how fear of heights works. It's you can't snakes, see. a crowd. <laughs> Interestingly enough, one of the little hot links at the bottom of this one of the links they try to to take you to uh, on their site is thoroughly modern humans interbred with neanderthals mm. so hmm. sounds like it did happen uh we'll cover d- that at some point but yeah great. medford uh medford does reckon it will be possible to test the theory in others despite the fact that they can't chase down this guy this businessman who had business to attend <laughs> it's not uncommon for people to have temporal- well, he, was, he was afraid of commitment also <laughs> so that's why he was running away from yeah it's not uncommon for people to have temporal lo- lobe surgery for severe epilepsy and arachnophobia is supposed to be reasonably common so we might be able to test people for that phobia or any other kind before and after surgery the amygdala is too deep in the brain to attempt to disrupt it using non-invasive techniques to cure other people of their phobia uh, phobias said Medford but there are several other fear-dampening techniques being trialed, including weakening phobias using a blood pressure pill and stimulating certain brain ar- areas in a bid to erase fearful memories. Hmm, some mm. eternal sunshine in the spotless mind kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That'd be great, wouldn't I really it? wonder what the music was that made his stomach lurch. It doesn't... Yeah, s- yeah it's Why weird. would they not say? It's, I wonder whether it's because it's... This new scientist is not BBC. There's no, like, sort of, we can't promote certain brands. I wonder if it had anything to do with his, his intelligence levels, you guys. 
No, let's not do that story. It's a bullshit story. story. I know. Furious connection. It's just funny to me. It's a funny story. Doesn't matter. See, this uh, is what your new Twitter feed would be really good for, because now you can yeah. just post that. If anyone wants to look it up, there if was anyone a wants story. To look at bullshit science. There was a story <laughs> that correlated peop- IQ tests to people's musical choices. Not even IQ tests. It was even less. It was more tangential than that. I think it was, it was which, like which SAT, colleges, which SAT college SAT they went scores. to, than assuming uh, what the average intelligence of the college and, yeah, is. Yeah, it's not a good study. Yeah, but it is telling the, you the things you want to believe about yourself because it's saying that bands that you like mean you're smarter. Yeah, the so really clickbaity headline was "Dumb people love Beyonce, smart people like Radiohead." <gasps> It's, yeah, it's fucking a funny story. Beyonce is the best. And you're super clever. Yeah, everyone can agree I know on Beyonce. How hot cum is? So <laughs> yeah, that's well. Well, I will say I've never uh, purchased a Beyonce. <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> well, you know, right. uh, you well, know, you know who's who's not uh, listening to music because they. Um, I, I believe uh, Sir Richard Branson. Oh, oh, well. No, okay, different story. Probably, I was probably, listening to the, probably listening to some sort of world's smallest violin. Yeah. Yeah, by, by, by. yeah so Richard Branson, let's talk about it. Can that Richard Branson thing? It's yeah, like, let's talk about it's it. It's huge news, uh-huh. uh, but only eight rich people have ever bought like tickets to it. So really, it doesn't affect that many people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's not imagine... like we're all going, shit, oh God, I got them for Christmas. But I mean, think about <laughs> oh, like, so God. they all want their money back, though. So the, the yeah, but there's big, only about 15 of them. It's just. But what if this hadn't happened now, but instead, like, so the day the music died, all we lost, really, I mean, like, of those three, Big Bopper, uh, Richie, Richie Valens, and Buddy Holly. Mm-hmm. Uh, Buddy Holly, I think, would have continued to do amazing things. Richie Valens, he was like 17 or something, who knows? Big Bopper, kind of a one-hit wonder. Jimmy Fallon's. Did I say Jimmy yeah. Fallon's? Richie Not Fallon's. Richie Fallon's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jimmy Fallon's. Jimmy Fallon's. <laughs> Liam Neeson's was on that plane. <laughs> Liam Neeson. <laughs> Love it. Uh, so imagine what the day that everything died would have been if it had been like uh, Justin Timberlake, Russell, Br- like 20, who else was signed up to go? Oh, right. Yeah. Um, Princess Beatrice. Was she? Mm-hmm. If they'd all been on this. Is that real? You're not making that up? Check it. She all looks right. just like our friend Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> Kidding. Um, so yeah, we're, we're uh, bearing the lead here. Um, By the way, Jim Sardonic sent in that arachnophobia yeah, story. A, forgot a, to thank him. Thank, thank you, Jim. Jim. Uh, yeah, it's a very sad story. Unfortunately, a pilot was uh, was lost. Um, but a uh, yeah, the Virgin Galactic plane has crashed. Yes, I'm still spaceship two because they didn't Galactic. develop the. Uh, this is what they were saying. I don't know how true this is, but they didn't develop some of the um, machinery as to as good a level as they ought to have. Well, the feathering system deployed early. What That's is what a feathering happened. system? I have no idea because I don't have the link. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Take this. I do. Is that th- is that the thing they've already? Because the I read s- somewhere that the investigation is going to take around a year. They, oh, it'll it'll take a while, but they figured out just from video and stuff. They figured out like big shit that went wrong. They need to figure out why it went wrong. Right. Well, I mean, I think by the video you could tell something big went wrong. Well, uh, well, there's a definite explosion. Normally, you know, the explosion. Uh, you know, part just you see it, and you're like, hopefully that that's just part of it. You know, a giant explosion. I can say as well, like from here's the se- the selfish reason why I think it's shitty news. Apart from obviously horrible loss of life and brave test pilot dead and so, mm-hmm. is even though it is currently eight multi millionaires who have tickets who aren't going to go up. I'm kind of still holding out hope that it's one of those things where you know the first the first people to the the first uptakers take the bulk of the cost. So they're the ones who pay a quarter of a million to go up into space. Mm-hmm. Right. And then over time, it becomes more and more affordable. And the cost comes down and down and down until hopefully in my 
40s or 50s, I might be able to afford. I don't think you're going to see it in your lifetime. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think it's going to be mm. longer. I think I because genuinely... the original plan was it was going to 2015 was when it was destined like that was when it was originally going to launch. Yeah. Oh really? The, uh, the that was when it was meant to be. Yeah, this. I mean, these are kind of and pretty it was, far it was down the line tests. People who had signed up and already paid well, yeah, deposits. Yeah, you don't put a person in it if it's not pretty close to the. Yeah, so it's. I mean, that's what dogs are for, right? Yeah, they do, they always do the dogs and the that's monkeys. Why they were dogs. That's what, what they're for. They, they here was the problem. Goes, they found mice, out. dogs, monkeys, humans. That's the yeah sandbags probably in there somewhere as well. Mm. Mm. But people but had the, already the paid. Is the dogs, like even the amount of time it takes to train the dogs to operate the planes. Well, that is a problem, and especially operating Virgin planes. The dogs don't like the purple lighting. Mm. Um, that's a that's a big problem. Yeah. <laughs> no, but the list of people who had already put down over two hundred thousand dollars for deposits on these flights, which would be. Um, two-hour suborbital flights that would include five minutes of weightlessness and I believe go up to about 300,000 feet in elevation. I can't, I, I don't see it in front of me. Um, but the list included Tom Hanks, Angelina Jolie, Elon Musk, Stephen Hawking, Lance Bass, Russell Brand, Katy Perry, Justin Bieber, Leonardo well, DiCaprio. Well, that would have been before they got divorced. I mean, that's going to be awkward now. Katy Perry, Russell oh. Brand, going into space together. Yeah. Zero gravity. Oh. <laughs> Zero <laughs> gravity. Anything could happen. <laughs> Like, one of them's just, like, headphones on, looking down, and suddenly someone else gets on this spaceship, like, oh, it's... <laughs> Bloody Russell, Russell Brand. Yeah. Oh, man. $50 million ticket. <laughs> Russell's here. That was the worst wedding present ever. Yeah. But, um, so, yeah, the... the uh, I did my best. <laughs> Everything on the list was already bought, so I bought them space. <laughs> Spaceship 2 broke apart uh, just seconds after igniting its rocket engine for a test outing above California on Friday. Um, pilot Peter Siebold parachuted clear. Co-pilot Michael Alsbury was killed, unfortunately. Their ill-fated flight was to be a part of a series of sorties that Sir Richard Branson's Virgin Galactic Company hoped would finally lead to a commercial passenger service to suborbital space being introduced next year. I think sortie is the worst choice of words. It's such a that. strange word. So one of them survived and the other one died? One managed to bail out in time. Yeah. Oh, did he? Mm. God. But I believe he was still pretty badly injured. Yes, he was seriously injured. Um, they uh, told reporters um, investigating, inves- investigators are still waiting to interview Mr. Siebold who was injured. Um Yes, the feathering technology, which is designed to slow and orientate. Uh, that's not the. I think it, orient would be the verb, correct? And orient the craft on its return. That's like someone saying, hey, we're just trying to conversate over here. Could you please. Right. Um, slow and orient the craft on its return to Earth um, should not have been unlocked so early in the flight and certainly should not have engaged at the time it did on an accelerating ascent. So were they. Did they get into space? Uh, well, the definition of space is. Um, I don't have it in front of me. Isn't it about uh, 70,000 feet? I forgot. Uh, well, according to this diagram here at the bottom, uh, the bottom of the article, it's the edge of space is at around 100 kilometers. But can't you get there is, in a normal, in a plane? Uh, like, can't you, they, you can go up high enough in a plane, can't you? No. To, well, no, yeah. that's, this would be the first to cross that line, which is, is still an arbitrary. The air is too definitely, thin. You can definitely it's, go up somewhere and float a bit. Uh, what that, oh no, that's the, um, the vomit comet, the zero gravity. Oh yeah, it doesn't matter how high you are for that. It's just the fact that you're traveling in oh, a parabolic right, 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 trajectory. Right, right. Yeah. So what what that does is it simulates it simulates um, weightlessness. Well, it creates weightlessness by um, causing a freefall. So it flies up and down in in arcs. Oh right, right. So it's it's basically like you know the bit at the top of some roller coasters where as you go over the bump, you briefly feel weightless. You sort yeah, of float yeah, out of your yeah, chair yeah. because the 
the, the train's going down because the train's going down. It's and you're following sort of, the arc it would follow if you would just throw yeah. it in the air. That's right. what this. That's what that plane does. That so it just flies in constantly in bumps like that. Uh, and, and in the down part, you're obviously getting even more gravity when it goes back up. You know, yes, the down when, part, uh, you're yeah. free so falling. Really when, when, I'm, sorry, I, I'm saying when it's at but its when it's coming over the arc, you get weightless. Yeah, yeah, when it's at its local minimum. Well, you also free fall at the bo- while it's falling. Yeah, but then as soon as you engage and then start to turn back up again, then suddenly like you're being pressed into the floor again. Then you're yeah. weightless. Yeah. So, so that's what yeah. so that's what that thing does, and that's for training. But this thing actually flies up to the edge of space um, and a little uh-huh. bit beyond. Okay. And the way it does that. The, pl- the craft, the one that crashed in the, you know, the design, is it sort of it piggybacks off another plane. So a bigger plane that's a sort of more conventional plane takes it up into the air first and gets it up to speed. And then it detaches and these rocket engines, it's basically a glider. It's, it's effectively a glider with a massive rocket attached to so, it. So did it By get... By definition, all rockets are gliders, though. Well, okay, yeah. <laughs> did they get into... Well, no, because it also glides. It can also... F- it it can glide oh, and free afterwards, fall. Okay, yeah. once did the it get into gone. the zone then? Um, I, it, I got to a, an altitude. The, no fl- the floaty zone. The no-fly zone. Well, again, the floaty zone. none, of this, no, no none zone? of this, the, the flight, the, 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 flight. Is, the misconception <laughs> is like even, even we had uh, an astronaut on Colonel Chris Hadfield recently who uh, was on the National Space Station, um, which is, uh, I think, only about 200 miles high, where the gravity they experience is pretty much the same as we experience here. It's not as if they've escaped Earth's gravity. It's just that if you're in orbit, then you're weightless because you're falling constantly and the Earth's gravity is keeping you at the same altitude, but you're in free fall. The idea... Yeah, if you think about it like... If you think about it like if you fired a cannon in a straight line, it would travel a certain distance and then it would hit the ground. But if you shot it further, because the Earth is curved, if you had like a ridiculously powerful cannon and you shot it from the top of a mountain, because the Earth is curved... Some it would start to fall away, so it would actually end up falling further yeah, than you yeah. expect because by the time it gets to the previous ground level, the Earth has already fallen a little bit further. And if you can go on a really high mountain and shoot that cannon really, really fast, every time it gets to sort of the edge of the point where it's sort of falling, the Earth is already is falling away so at the same spin speed. It. So that's what an orbit. That's, that's, that's yeah. what oh, an orbit right, is. That's you. effectively it's always falling because it's always traveling past the edge of the Earth, but it's. Al- so it's always going forwards and it's always being pulled into the earth, but it keeps missing it. And, and that's actually, why you have that's why when you're on a on a the space station, you are weightless because you're always falling. Because you're that's always why you have to be going so quickly. They go all the way around the, the planet in was it an hour and a half? But you're still weightless when you're like when when you're being catapulted towards the moon. Um what do you mean, weightless? I mean, like, no, the Earth's gravity, if, if the Earth's gravity wasn't affecting the moon, the moon wouldn't be no, there orbiting true. the Earth. No, I understand, but, but, but you're, it's less. It's certainly yeah, way less out there. If you're in a rocket and you're heading to the you're moon. Floating. You're, you're still floating. In a, you're not in an orbit, are you? Because um, you're cutting you're across still, the you're orbits. You're still floating through your capsule. Yes. Um, but maybe because you're moving towards the moon and the moon is also in an orbit, so you're... Well, now I'm trying to think about... I mean, yeah, I mean, like, the, the gravitational pull of the Earth does fall off as you get farther away from it um so i'm sure for a while but the and whenever you're accelerating obviously you're feeling inertia is pushing you back into your seat and that but when is, it's moving towards the moon it's getting in sync with the orbit of the moon and the moon is itself free falling around the earth right the, because the moon is orbiting the earth so the moon feels none of the earth's gravity no. or the effect of the earth's gravity because it's in free fall uh, so when so when neil armstrong and co were on the moon the only gravity that they would feel the effect of is the gravity of the moon, because yes. in relation to the Earth, they're in a free fall orbit. Relative, yeah, I mean, yeah, Does there'd be a nominal. Does the moon have gravity? 
the moon has about a sixth of the gravity of Earth. That's, every that's every everything that has mass has gravity. You have gravity. If you're big enough, you'll draw. I thought it's because they had um, heavy shoes. <laughs> see, I see what you did there. Yeah. So yeah, so you just behaved like every six? scientist. I think it's about a sixth. Yeah, I like say six. something stupid. Something like that. Um, uh, we got so this off. crash was caused by effectively it sort of slammed on the brakes when it shouldn't have slammed on the brakes. Mm-hmm. Oh right, yeah. Um, and again, this wouldn't have even actually technically been in orbit. It was suborbital, but you would have had to wait listeners for the same reason as those vomit comets do, because for a while you would have been in a uh, well. Why wouldn't they just why wouldn't they parabola. just use a use a vomit comet then? I mean, because it's it's about pushing the boundaries of what we've done, and and it's I mean it is sort of technically uh, you're not in space. You're yeah. yeah, when you when you're this thing that ever that the celebrities are paying a fortune to go on, you get the weight the weightlessness is cool, but also you get to actually. Be you look above. out the window, it'll be blackness. And yeah, you get to actually be above the atmosphere. You well, effectively not, um, so you get to look into. You'll get to see see God. You yeah, you'll get to you'll get to high five heaven. high yeah. five God and Jesus and all those cool guys. I suppose. And, uh, I suppose I'm a bit Yoda. confused about this gravity thing because I think that the reason our atmosphere is our atmosphere is because of Earth's gravity. Yeah. Yeah. So once you escape that, I mean, you 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 will float in space. You will float. Well, I mean, depends on what you. Uh, <laughs> what? Um. Okay, here's here's the deal. Um, I know it's relative. I understand that. Yeah. So the reason air molecules, or at least the the individual atoms and molecules that make up air, mm-hmm. are quick moving um, oxygen molecules and hydrogen atoms, and well, probably not that much hydrogen, uh, nitrogen, sure. and so on, and that's zipping around, mm-hmm. uh, but it's also being drawn into the earth. Right. And a and the higher up it goes, the less gravitational pull there is on those molecules and atoms. Mm-hmm. And at a certain height, the speed at which they're traveling is great is is above the escape velocity of relative to that gravity. Right. So it'll just shoot off into space or shoot off into whatever direction. Right. So it won't stay there. Which is actually why there's no helium in the atmosphere that is naturally formed. Uh sorry, that is um not naturally formed. There is no helium in our atmosphere that hasn't just been formed because it was less dense. So therefore, yeah, helium was... even at ground level is moving quicker than the escape velocity uh, of the Earth. So it shoots so off into space. It will just disappear. So, so ev- when you see those, that's why um, there's a helium shortage. So when you see those balloons that someone's let go of, like a Dalmatian, you know, <laughs> they're just going to go into yeah. space. They just go into space. Yeah. Well, well no. they're stuck in a balloon, so that that's slightly <laughs> different. No, they but don't, they, every, those don't go into space. But here's what's ridiculous about that: the helium that is in that balloon has been created from alpha radiation, uh, and has been. Is that what tough guys give off? Yeah, that's what, like you know. <laughs> You, you, hard, hard guys. We're going to have to cut this um, podcast short soon because you've been exposed to three <laughs> different doses. Basically, my, that's why my voice is so high. <laughs> I actually have a really deep voice, but because I'm near such... I guess, I guess what I'm saying is I, un- I understand all that, but then how are we even defining weightlessness? You can't define weightlessness as under no influence of gravity. No, no, no. no, no weightlessness is not about lack of gravity. Right. It's about, it's about uh, like people who are in free fall in the ISS. We call, that, we call it microgravity. But really, it's the same amount of gravity. You're just in free fall. So it sort of doesn't matter. What so, so all it literally is, is that, f- is that feeling when you come over the top of the roller coaster, but prolonged. So that, so that's, that actually, that's actually the advertising tagline yeah. for the <laughs> so um, that, so that half second moment where you're like, I'm floating out of my seat. I'm, f- I'm effectively weightless. I'm flying. But you're still very much under the influence of the Earth's gravity. That's still pulling on you all the time. 
it's just that everything it's just that you're free falling and the thing that you're in is also free falling so relative to it you're you're floating so is the reason if you're being catapulted towards the moon the reason you're still weightless in your capsule which you are i mean this is this is i'm i'm dead set on that you can still like <laughs> Why are you fighting this? We're not fighting you on it. Yeah, you're floating around you inside of it. I thought you were. I thought you were arguing. Well, you're floating around inside of it, but I'm saying it doesn't mean the gravity so that's doesn't rel- have any that's effect That's still relativity. That's I mean, still relative to your own objects. Yeah, like, I mean, like, like we're, we're, still, we're still all subject to the sun's yeah, gravity. Yeah. Like, there's still gravity at play, but, like, weightlessness is just a term for your relative experience in whatever confines you're in. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, once you've been hurdled in this thing towards the moon, like, you are being hurdled at the... Like, if you were accelerating, like, once you've hit some constant velocity... Uh, you and the capsule that you're in are tra- yes. are the same uh, frame of reference, and you are floating within it. But if it's, if you turn on some thrusters and it pushes you in some direction, yes. your inertia will like, push you back in your seat if it's pushing you forward, which you could call that. Uh, I mean, as far as your sense goes, like that feels like a force, like gravity. Uh, you know, it feels like a lack of. It's not weightlessness in terms of like you relative to the capsule. You're being pushed in some direction. I understand all your own inertia. Yes. yes. So, yeah, I mean, like, it doesn't matter. It's all semantics, really, because, yes, there's always some gravity at play. I'm anti-semantic. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, no matter what, like, the sun is certainly keeping us all in check, um, but it doesn't mean you can't be weightless in some smaller reference frame. Yeah, because we are, the Earth is also in free fall around the sun, and we are part of that whole, we are part of that system. So we are not feeling, the gravitational pull of the sun is immense, but we're not feeling that because we're in an orbit around it, so we're free falling. You've never been in love. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes we are feeling it. You know what I mean? This next song I'm going to (laughs) play. Yeah. We should, I I think we should probably wrap it up around there. Sure. On on that horrible note of a tragedy. Horrible note of a tragedy? Well, the tragedy was a horrible note, but I think... uh, I mean, do we want to very quickly talk about a dinosaur with massive arms? I've learned more reasons I'm dumb. (laughs) There's a dinosaur with massive arms. Look, everyone. We've got a dinosaur with massive massive arms. It's like a T-Rex, but instead of little baby T-Rex arms, it's got big hairy arms. It's got like... With a hump... With a beak and a hump back and a giant hoofed feet. It's published in the journal Nature. Well, let's put that on our Twitter. We totally will. There's a massive... I like like the picture down below with the, the sort of like forearm mohawk. I imagine that was Ezra Nuit, by the way, sent that in. I imagine that doing, uh, similar to how you were saying caricature art, it's probably the lower end of the art world. Yep. You know, perhaps the lowest end. Yeah. I imagine the CGI world doing, like, artist renderings for science things is probably a pretty low end. Yeah, it like it's like, that it's would not be like not, the, not the it's most like glamorous. ah shit, man! I had to take a I had to take a cool BBC picture. article. It's kind of a cool also, picture, though. It, cool picture. I imagine though. it's sort of like you know when somebody is like mugged or something, and then they describe the face. Oh, the sketch Well, I imagine being a kind of scientific dinosaur drawer is much like being doing mug. You know, like not mugged. Yeah. Yeah, like okay, you know, he had a bigger beak. Well, yeah. this one, yeah. if you were describing it, had a duck-like beak and a large hump sail on its back. But I think you're doing other gigs. Its legs were short between. and stumpy. Its feet were very large with hooves. This is like a weird amalgam yeah. of animals. The name of it is great. The, it's hooves the, the Latin name... Sorry. sorry. No, go on. What is, is the Latin name? Deinocheirus mirificus, which means unusual, horrible <laughs> hands. <laughs> it says the hooves would have prevented it from sinking into the boggy wetlands where it lived. It was probably a very slow mover. And the research giant think. arms meant it could high five. Yeah, oh, it could yeah. high five. This is the best high five. And its stomach suggested ate plants and fish. 
Did you and say- it used the long forearms with giant claws for digging and gathering herbaceous plants in freshwater habitats. Did you already mention that the, the arms themselves were discovered in the 1960s, but then uh, for decades they were speculating about what kind of beast they belonged to, and then now we've found the rest of the dinosaur's body. So, so we had the arms. I'm like, what do these arms go to? Well, why oh, so they they're just going to find out it's two different things again. This is like the uh, brontosaurus. Well, I mean, I hope it's it's pretty cool if it is. Does the brontosaurus not exist? It's not a real thing. And they're going to find out. They're going to find out they put this shit together wrong. Maybe. Why is another? Ro- oh, this is the news. brontosaurus was like an amalgam of a couple different. Uh, yeah. Was it like an apatosaur and um, allosaur or something? Or are those yeah. related? I don't know. Yeah, they are. And and I think that this is going to be uh, this is another one of those things. You know, the way carbon dating works, it's not as accurate as we think it is. It's Let's not just enjoy these pictures. All right. Well, enjoy the artist <laughs> renderings. But I'm telling you, that's I don't I don't think it's the same. I think and I'm not saying it'll be debunked anytime soon. It might take a hundred years like the Brontosaurus. I mean, or they could just talk to your relatives and see what they saw. Exactly. They no, they could do that before before the, the Great Thaw. Right. Yeah. My relatives still talk about yeah. the Great Thaw. <laughs> Holly, how like the I- depression for your family? <laughs> <Yeah. is> the-, <laughs> the thawing. <laughs> Ah, we must go east. <laughs> uh, Holly, what do you have coming up? What's going on? Where, 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 can our, out? where can our listeners find out more about you and your work and your stuff? I don't, I don't know. The internet, I guess. Tell some secrets about me. All right. Uh, Twitter, at Wiggy Walsh. At Wiggy Walsh. Yeah, that's me. And uh, see, back to the wigs. We started with the wigs mm-hmm. and we end with mm-hmm. the wigs. I was wearing a wig for this whole thing, so you guys probably realize right, Well-made that. wig. Can you take it off? I'm curious what's underneath there. Do you have hollywalsh.com as oh, well? Oh, no. Put it back on. Powder. Put it back on. It's powder. Ooh. Put it back on. <laughs> Yikes. Just yeah. brain. Pure yeah. exposed yeah. brains. Wow, that was... Did not I just showed that. you my oxy... Oh. Not oxymorons. What are they called? The, um, <laughs> Your amygdala? No. Amygdala. No, they're like good bits, which the mice had taken out of them. Oh, the oxytocin receptors. Oxytocin, yeah. 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 Uh, so, yeah. Follow, follow Holly on the internet. Go and see her do comedy and all sorts of stuff. And watch um, Dead Boss as well. Which yeah. Which you co-wrote. Yeah, I did. Uh, the British sitcom TV show, yeah, television show set in prisons <coughs> or a prison. That's that's about it, really. Go that's and find it. that. Go and find Holly. She's funny. Matt, do you have shows coming up? Actually, yeah. Fuck, I should have plugged that. Um, yeah. Anyone in the Northwest, in the Pacific Northwest, I'm going to be in Seattle and Portland the final weekend of November. So I'm going to be in Seattle on the Friday and. Portland on the Saturday. That is Thanksgiving weekend. Um, at the Neptune Theatre on Saturday in Portland and the... Where's Funny Over Everything? That is the Hollywood Theatre on the ho- Sandy Boulevard. Thanksgiving weekend Portland. shows are some of my favorite comedy shows to do. Yeah? The Friday after Thanksgiving? Yeah. It's like it's the a, best night at any comedy club. But wouldn't you think it's a, a really drunk crowd? It's a big party night. It's... A, it's uh, Well, normally like it'll be a show where people are out with their family. They're still visiting family. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like it's just a decompression. Yeah, Everyone's yeah. out, you know. It's normally like a group of cousins that haven't seen each other in ten years are like going out and bonding. Okay, I just I love it. The Friday after Thanksgiving, just a, it's a that's great your night. perfect audience. A group of cousins who have not seen each other in ten years. It's very niche. That's yeah, amazing. I, I do You're right v- though. That is niche. a good crowd. Yeah. I've just I was just looking at your Wikipedia page. I had no idea you went on Celebrity Mastermind and your chosen subject was badgers. Yeah. Specifically, the European badger. I don't know much about the North American badger. God, I, I think wish we picked thinner. up some badger stories. Do you know God. that Brian May was a big uh, advocate for stopping Huge. badger? Yeah, he's yeah. really against cu- the culls because we had a massive amount of badger culls. Do you know UK. Brian May? Because we want to no. get him on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I bet you can. You must spend a lot of time out here. I'm. Uh, 
we're working on it on a couple of fronts, but if any of you listeners happen it's... to know Brian May or know someone who knows Brian May, we want him on our show. It is my Why life's specifically him? desire. Uh, well, I mean, he's he's a my favorite guitarist, and uh, or tied with Jimmy Page probably, and also uh, he has a PhD in astrophysics. Mm. He, he which he returned to. He completed after he was done with Queen. Mm-hmm. So this is the longest he year P- ever. He started a P- yeah exactly. He started a PhD, and then went off to become one of the world's biggest rock stars for a few years. And he still plays the guitar that he and his dad built 50 years ago. He just put out a book a few weeks ago about Red Special, this guitar that he hand-built and has played in every Queen album and every live performance for 50 years. Wow. Yeah, it's pretty badass. Do you have a degree in astrophysics, then? I don't. No, I like guitar, though. I dropped out of high school. Oh, yeah, you said. Yeah, I don't have anything. <laughs> you sounded... Uh, um, um, I dropped out of high school. I was a bit yeah. <laughs> for a second there. Oh, uh, took a bit of a break from school. So listen, people, before we get into other accents... Uh, we uh, thank you very much for listening thank you Holly Walsh track her down any questions comments clarifications you can email us probablyscience at gmail.com you can tweet us at probablyscience you can go to probablyscience.com to see pictures and links and to donate and find the Amazon link Uh, and we will see you next week thank you very much guys love each other thanks bye